the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. It is indeed. An hour number two is underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. We are guest-free on this third morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2019. Obviously, Independence Day tomorrow, we will not have a live show, but I am told we are going to have a great show for you, a best of the Bob France Authority, great interviews and commentary segments from the past several months, all put together in two hours uh, for tomorrow's program. So make sure you tune in as you're getting ready for the party or the celebration or the day at the beach or whatever it is that you're going to do on America's birthday. I spent the first hour of the program today defending American exceptionalism, defending American greatness, uh, against the attacks from, well, no surprise here, the only people in this country who hate the United States of America, the American left, this time in the form of the New York Times, but of course, as expressed on debate stages by Democratic presidential candidates, <coughs> grandstanding speeches on the floor of the United States um, Congress, or, of course, just on stupid videos posted on social media by dumb, airheaded, 29-year-old bartenders who are pretending to be congressional representatives like Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. All of these things proving their hatred for the United States of America. But this one might actually take the cake. I want to share a little video with you, or a little audio with you. It's video for me, but you're on the radio, so you'll be hearing just the uh, uh, that part of it. But I want you to listen to Democratic Representative... Frederica Wilson, this is a gem. This is, you, you don't get this kind of, <laughs> you don't get this kind of material often. When you do, you celebrate it, you highlight it, you feature it, uh, and, and you marvel at it. This is Democratic Representative Frederica Wilson from Florida at a press conference. 
Uh, I believe this was yesterday. It might have been Monday because it came to light for me yesterday in the late afternoon. So uh, I want you to listen to Frederica Wilson respond. It's only 40 seconds long, responding to a question at a press conference, uh, a question about criticism of people like her, meaning members of Congress. Please listen to her response and enjoy. let it get to the end i can't even let her get to the end of the 40 second clip without pointing it out again listen to this mensa member who can't put a coherent sentence together those people who are online making fun of members of congress are a disgrace and there's no need for anyone to think that is unacceptable. There is no need for anyone, for anyone to think that it is unacceptable for people to make fun of Congress online. <laughs> I mean, honestly, do, do these... Uh, Lordy, um, that's not even the punchline. That's not even... The punchline. That's not where I wanted to take this, but I just had to point it out there. She cannot speak. Who are online making fun of members of Congress are a disgrace. And there's no need for anyone to think that is unacceptable. We're going to shut them down and work with whoever it is to shut them down, and they should be prosecuted. There is the punchline. A sitting member of the United States Congress says that people making fun of Congress members online should be shut down. We're going to work with whoever we have to to shut them down, and they should be prosecuted. Now, I want you to go back to what I said in the first hour about freedom and about the difference between our version of freedom and the quote-unquote freedom that people in other supposedly free countries have. One of them is our unfailing commitment to the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Our freedom of speech and expression. That's what makes us us. As much as anything else that, that you can possibly point to, our freedom of speech a lawmaker, a legislator, a member of Congress, and most importantly and most obviously, a member of the Democrat Party, just said to a live press conference, audience of reporters and supporters, that she wants people who make fun of her online people who make fun of members of Congress on the Internet to be prosecuted for it. I want this to sink in. She is calling for an end to the First Amendment. 
I mean, this woman just went out of her way to trump Alexandria Damasio-Cortez as the dumbest human being to ever hold office in Congress. She wants to prosecute people for making fun of members of Congress online. Now, the obvious is what I just stated, but let's go just one tiny bit, one tiny level further. Is she then going to also call for the prosecution of people who make fun of the president online? Because I got about 50 million liberals who criticize, make fun of, condemn, and attack Donald Trump online every day, including Frederica Wilson and Maxine Waters. And, uh, and and Eric Swalwell, and on down. I mean, honestly, virtually every Democrat in Congress makes fun of Donald Trump online every day. Is she calling for them to be prosecuted as well? Obviously, I am not. I'm not calling for Frederica Wilson to be prosecuted. I'm not calling for Maxine Waters or anybody else who makes fun of Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. I'm not calling for them to be prosecuted. Because they make fun of the president? Because unlike this dimwit, unlike her, I believe in the First Amendment. I do believe in the right to make fun. I do believe in the right to criticize. I do believe in the right to condemn. I do believe in the right to mock, to laugh at. All of these people. And the First Amendment is what protects that right. Those people who are online making fun of members of Congress are a disgrace. And there's no need for anyone to think that is unacceptable. We're going to shut them down and work with whoever it is to shut them down and they should be prosecuted. You cannot intimidate members of Congress, threaten members of Congress. It is against the law and it's a shame in this United States of America. She wants people prosecuted for making fun of members of Congress. Meanwhile, the Internet and the platforms on which people do make fun of elected officials are filled primarily with what? Liberals and progressives who threaten Donald Trump. Who threaten Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who threatened Kellyanne Conway, who threatened Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr. They are on there threatening them literally every day, and the Facebook, Twitter, Google moderators ignore it all. A conservative goes on there and says something remotely controversial, or, again, making fun of a liberal... And it's banned. Account suspended. And she wants to stand there and claim that it's there's not enough being done to stop online criticism of members of Congress. They should be prosecuted. Uh, oh, my goodness. The world that we have found ourselves in when we're surrounded by liberals in power. It's unbelievable. Navy man Norm in Strongsville, thanks for your patience as I worked my way through all of that. Norm, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. You know what, Bob? I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I could top that if I tried. I mean, this woman, those hats that she wears, 
Evidently, are either too tight on her dumb head or her head has gotten too big for her stupid-looking hat. Anyway, regarding the New York Times, I just sent them an email, and basically I summed up a lot of the things you said. But my my closing line to the New York Times and their op-ed and their editors was this. The New York Times is, was, and always will be nothing more than a shanker on the face of the United States of America. That was my closing line. One of the things that I'd like to point out to you and also to all of our listeners, our forefathers were geniuses. There is no doubt in my mind that these men were blessed with, blessed by God with an intellect that I don't think we'll ever see. And I want to read two quotes to you from Samuel Adams. Regarding the New York Times, real quick, and also regarding all of our liberal friends, Mm -hmm. he who is void of virtuous attachments in private life is, or very soon will be, void of all regard and respect for his country. There is seldom an instance of a man guilty of betraying his country who had not before lost the feeling of any moral obligations in his private life. Samuel Adams. The second quote, and and this, I think President needs to read this, it behooves every American to encourage home manufacturers that our oppressors may feel through their pockets the effects of their blind folly. Bob, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, cannot believe how brilliant that Samuel Adams and the rest of our patriots were. Uh, it's just unbelievable. But I wanted to wish you and all the, all the, re, and all the listeners a very happy 4th of July. Uh, I am going to be spending it with my family. My son's returning from a, a naval duty overseas in Stuttgart, Germany with Central Command. He'll be Wonderful. home for the 4th. Thank God. That's awesome. And, uh, we're going to celebrate. One of the things we'll celebrate is watching a YouTube video of Kate Smith singing God Bless America and also going to a parade, but also starting out the morning at 9 o'clock at St. Joseph's Church in Strongsville with 9 o'clock Mass to thank God for our blessings on our country. And I hope all the other listeners do something similar and do likewise. And before they start the day and all the other happy activities, thank God for everything he's done for us and for our country. Have a good fourth, Bob. God bless you. Navy man, Norm, God bless you and your family, and I'm so glad your son is going to be home to celebrate this holiday with you, and that is sage advice to thank God. Whether you go to Mass in an official, formal service or not, uh, thank God for this great country in which we live, no matter how bad it might seem to the liberals. Back after this. Bob France. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-seven. Now the Bob France Authority continues on this July third celebration of July fourth. We will not have a live show tomorrow, so we're kind of doing all of our Americana stuff today. TJ joins us now from Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hey TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know Bob, I'd like to address just two things on this New York Times article. You know, the first one is our education system. 
Now, the left in this country has sole ownership of our education system, and they deemed it more necessary to teach social justice than political correctness rather than reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's the biggest problem with our education system. And the fact the left threw the fathers out of the homes uh, with their great society, you know, welfare society. The other issue I'd like to take up is American poor. Well, you know, I was reading an article in Germ- uh, from Germany just a few days ago that, you know, they're experiencing this 100-degree uh, heat wave. Right. Only 10% of the German homes have air conditioning, 10%. In America, it's 90%. So you know what that tells me? Our poor in America own cars, have air conditioning, own cell phones, own expensive Nike tennis shoes, have body piercings, uh, tattoos. The bottom line is our poor live better in America than the middle class in many of these countries that are supposed to be greater than us. <laughs> that is true. And that's why, so that's why they're people... all trying to get here, TJ. Yeah. I was asking, you know, facetiously, uh, you know, why everybody wants to come here if the United States is so impoverished because our poor live better than a lot of people's, uh, you know, like you said, middle class at least in a, in a lot of other nations. Yeah, and, and, and you know, if you look back the last fifty years, most of the major problems in this country you can contribute to the left. Everything. You know, the lack of respect for the law, the attack of law enforcement, our education system. All of it. Every, every all of it is, 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 is the left's fault. And then they sit back there and say, well, we're not so great. You're right. Until we get rid of these libtards, we'll never be great. That is exactly the point I was trying to make during my commentary on the New York Times piece. If you look at all of the problems that they underscored in terms of shootings and violent crimes and and illiteracy and, and poor educational performance, where does most of that come from? Most of that comes from liberal cities, Urban centers where they do not prioritize family, they do not prioritize faith, they do not prioritize education, they do not prioritize success. That is exactly right. And the liberals who provide them with all of the necessities that they need, that they have, they'll feed them, they'll clothe them, they'll subsidize their housing and so on and so forth. Keep them in that state, uneducated, unable to advance and do anything, uh, you know, to help themselves get out of that situation. They are responsible for all of the various, you know, shortcomings that the New York Times, uh, outlined in that piece. TJ, you're spot on, my friend. I appreciate it. Phone lines are open again, 216-901-0945. Dial now. We'll talk to you after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1035 as we continue. Phone lines open at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. I want to read for you, if I may, just kind of following up on the um, the New York Times piece, uh, this isn't my response. I gave you my response throughout the uh, 4 minute and 41 seconds of America hating tripe put forward, the pablum put forth by the New York Times in that video this uh, Independence Day week. What I do want to read for to you is a series of tweets from the Heritage Foundation in response to this disgusting display of anti-Americanism uh, put on by uh, the New York Times. Quote, We have built a free and prosperous nation where anyone has the opportunity to thrive and live out their dreams. We have also shared that gift with the world, helping others to achieve the same. Despite that success, we hear from the America is irreparably flawed crowd that our freedom and our free market system only bring opportunity to the wealthy and the well-connected. 
They claim that the system just makes the rich richer and the poor poorer. The reality is the opposite. Capitalism has done more to lift people out of poverty than any other economic system in history. Over the last 25 years, it has been free markets that have cut the global poverty rate by two-thirds. In the U.S., every segment of the population, including women, minorities, and even the lowest income earners, have seen their incomes rise and their opportunities grow. Realizing that people around the world deserve the same blessings of freedom and prosperity that we have, Americans work through our government, nonprofits, and private charities to spread these blessings to other countries. We've even helped others fight for their very freedom, from both world wars to peacekeeping missions around the world. Despite those who call our nation imperialist, when we help others defeat tyrants or repel invaders, we don't use the opportunity to conquer and build an empire. We build them to rebuild, or excuse me, we help them to rebuild and become self-sufficient. These are all proofs of a nation reaching for its highest ideals. While it took too long to correct many of America's early injustices, and while we will always be a work in progress, our founding principles themselves created the framework that has allowed us to solve some of our biggest issues. While not perfect, we are a great force for good that works to bring freedom, prosperity, and that problem-solving ability to our own land and to others that want to replicate them. This is all part of what we are celebrating on Independence Day. That statement or that series of tweets by the Heritage Foundation in response to the New York Times, directly under it, I just think underscores it, it, it encapsulates it, 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 it just really, really says it better than even I could. And I, of course, do mine in commentary, but uh, that, that wonderful statement issued by the, uh, by the Heritage Foundation really, really does what we need to do, and that is push back and fight back against those who would hate this country and its very representation on Independence Day, which brings me to, once again, Colin Kaepernick, hating the very representation of this country. Do you remember a time? Not too long ago when the former NFL quarterback turned uh, activist, thanks to his uh, liberal Muslim girlfriend uh, who hates this country as well. I think she's Muslim. I might have that part. I'm trying to remember all of the different things about her. Anyway, because he, he was never this way. He was raised by white parents in suburbia, and he uh, lived a pretty good life and uh, never had any problems or qualms with the way this country has been run. Uh, until he started dating this MTV character or VH1 character or whatever she is, and she's a an activist. Uh, maybe she's not Muslim. Maybe she's Black Lives Matter. I don't remember what her uh, her minority victim woke card uh, was. But at any rate, Colin Kaepernick uh, began Ka- Kaepernick began all this three years ago with his kneeling during the national anthem. Proclaim. He said, "I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember he was protesting police brutality against African Americans. That's what he said he was protesting." And now, Nike, which has hired him as a spokesman for reasons that continue to boggle the mind, is ready to put out a patriotic red, white, and blue Betsy Ross flag-adorned shoe in honor of uh, our country, and Colin Kaepernick decides that shoe is racist because that flag on it is racist. Do you remember when he said he wasn't protesting the flag? 
when he knelt during the anthem? Remember when he said he wasn't protesting America when he knelt during the anthem? Remember when he said he was just protesting police brutality? Now we know the truth. Matt Walsh writing at the Daily Wire, there is almost nothing left to say about the fact that Nike recalled a patriotic American flag shoe after Colin Kaepernick complained. It is so evidently, or excuse me, so self-evidently absurd and disgraceful that a, such a cowardly surrender to political correctness happened that analysis is rendered moot. Kaepernick reportedly felt that the flag of Betsy Ross flag from the American Revolution somehow represents slavery. Of course, if the American flag represents slavery, then every flag of over 200, uh, of every country rather 200 years old or older also represents slavery. Because slavery was a universally accepted institution all across the world for thousands of years. The only thing unique about American slavery is that we practiced it for such a comparatively short amount of time. Egypt had slavery for 3,000 years. We had it for 90. These are facts that apparently have escaped Kaepernick's notice. The one notable, though far from a surprising aspect of this story, is how it finally exposes the truth behind Kaepernick's kneeling stunt. We were told for years that kneelers were not protesting the flag, or the country, or the anthem. A viral tweet with over 300,000 likes summed up this defense. Quote, Rosa Parks was not protesting the bus. Gandhi was not protesting the food. The colonists were not protesting tea. Players are not protesting the flag or the anthem. They are protesting injustice. Many in the media, including progressive Shep, Shepard Smith at Fox News, also made that claim. The NFL players themselves repeatedly declared they're not protesting the flag, despite appearing to do exactly that. LeBron James, Akron's kid, one of the highest profile defenders of the anthem protests, tried to put a patriotic spin on it, saying, quote, We know this is the greatest country in the world. It's the land of the free, but we still have problems just like everybody else. And when we have those problems, we have to figure out a way how we can come together and be as great as we can be as a people, end quote. So in other words, protesting the flag brings people together to be as great as we can be. No, not going to go there. But Kaepernick, who started it all, said he was trying to call attention to police brutality, police violence, and systemic oppression. He said he and his fellow kneelers always insisted this is not about the flag. Well, in case anyone was ever fooled by all of that misdirection and nonsense... The truth should now be clear. It was indeed about the flag. It was indeed always about the flag and the country that it represents. Colin Kaepernick does not like this country. That much is clear. He's rich and famous and free. All things he would not be if he lived in any number of other countries around the globe. But his privilege has made him bitter to his core. And he's free to be bitter. That's what makes this country great. And he's free to hate the United States and its flag. That's also what makes this country great. But at least he should be honest about what he really stands for. Or more importantly, and more directly and more accurately, what he kneels for. He hates that flag and what it represents. Not just the Betsy Ross flag, but the current flag because of what it represents. He sees it as representing oppression and hatred. He sees the Betsy Ross flag as representing uh, representing slavery. The Betsy Ross flag, signifying the original 13 colonies with, with those 13 stars, which again was later changed to the 13 stripes, 
he sees that as representing slavery when what we see it and what Betsy Ross, who was, by the way, raised as a Quaker and was notorious, well, not notoriously, but was famous for being anti-slavery, the Quakers, she sold that flag not in honor of slavery. Obviously, she created and sold that flag in honor of the, the fledgling nation that was fighting for its very existence against the British crown against British forces that outnumbered them, that had more more history and more military strategy than they do. They did. They fought and bled and died to build and to give birth to a country that would inevitably become free. And free it is. Free it became and free it is. And that flag was what flew over their heads as they died and as they bled and as they suffered. And that's the flag that Colin Kaepernick wants removed. And in fact, obviously, was successful in getting removed. Those shoes recalled and will not be sold. It is simply staggering to me that on the birth of this greatest nation in the history of the planet, that we have people who hate her calling the shots. Let me go to uh, Beachwood. Jeff, you are on AM 1420. The answer, Jeff, thanks for joining us. Go right ahead. <clears throat> Yeah, I think we need to learn a very, very important lesson that came out of the founding of this country. We know from history that many of the founders were opposed to slavery. There were other people who very much were invested in slavery. And rather than stand on firm principles, in either case, they came to the conclusion that the best solution was compromise, and they found a way to compromise, create our country, which eventually led, yes, with a lot of blood, but eventually led to the great country we have, the abolition of slavery eventually, and eventually the rights of women, the rights of minorities, and so on, all came about because we decided not to be overly ideological, but be willing to find a middle ground and give in someplace in order to move a step forward. I think the left problem is always, it's like an absolute, they want to make big changes or, or nothing. And Life has taught us incremental improvement over time is what gets us ahead the most. And compromise is the way you get that. That is the big lesson that I think we need to take away this year in, um, in, in our, on July. Jeff, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying in general, um, although I would question compromise. Um, because They did compromise, in, the three-fifth compromise. Which everybody researches. No, I, I understand that, but what I mean is, what what I mean is, what the left wants to do to quote unquote make that incremental improvement that you've talked about that we uh, you know we have engaged in and we have experienced over time. What they want to do is remove certain elements of this country's history uh, and and its and its you know current path forward from it, including by by way of amending the Constitution, by way of getting rid of the amendments to the Constitution, by eliminating the Second Amendment, by limiting severely the First Amendment. Those are those are compromises we cannot make. Those there are some things we have to be one hundred percent absolutist on, and they are trying to to transform this country by erasing our sovereignty, erasing our borders, erasing our Second Amendment, limiting severely our First Amendment, and so on. There are some things on which we cannot compromise. I would agree with you on that. I would. And, um, you know, I think it was John Adams who said that a country without a religion, without a religious basis, will not survive. In, in, in other words, the American Constitution and system was designed for basically religious people. 
who believed in self-governing. Uh, I don't mean self-governing as a country only, but each individual self-governing under certain right. principles. Let's call them Judeo-Christian values. Yes, sir. With that. I agree. And we are in a tough place. There's no question. We are in a tough place right now because the values that this country was founded on are so frayed and we're so divided about them that we, there's very little that we agree on. And it's, it's how we re, how we regain it is, is a tricky question. I'm hoping that religious values will out in the long run and will win because they're based on truth. And um, I just hope we don't have to pay too steep well, the, price. The, the, we, the problem, I like, and, yeah, and I do too, Jeff, by the way. That's a very good point. But here's the, here's the real problem, and thanks for your call. The religious values that we, this country is based upon and that we need to continue to rely upon are, are sometimes at the very heart of the problem, meaning the heart of the debate. Because to the left, if you stick to your religious values, the ones upon which this country was built, and you're right, they said very directly, our founders did, that a nation that is built upon, uh, that is not built upon faith and a belief in God, a belief in a higher being, a belief in, 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 in our destiny and so on and so forth is a nation that will not survive. Because there has to be a moral center. There has to be a, 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 some, you know, some sort of a, uh, you know, a morality by which we all live in order for this, this nation to survive. A belief in nothing, a belief in no, uh, higher power, et cetera, can lead man to doing its worst to one another. But what, what really interests me is when, when the last caller just said that we have to, um, uh, uh, now I seem to have lost my train of thought on the faith part of this. Uh, doggone it, because he made a really good point and I wanted to follow up on it. I might have to back up five, uh, five or 15 yards here and punt and come back on the other side and respond to that. But, but his po- his larger point was 100% correct. We are being attacked for our faith. Oh, I, that, there it is. I just found it. I backed up five yards and I found it. When he talked about our faith and how we need to, uh, we need to make sure that there is a religious center to all of this with our Judeo-Christian values. When the left is attacking us for that very faith because they say that, that our faith is racist, our faith is bigoted, our faith is prejudiced, that's a problem. And that's why some of us who are faithful people, <clears throat> some people won't acknowledge their faith because they fear being called racist. And what I mean by that is, if your faith tells you that religion is between a man and a woman, you're a homophobe and you're a hater and you're a bigot and so on and so forth because you won't accept other things. If your faith tells you uh, that um, we should be able to express uh, our belief in God and those values publicly without being sanctioned by the state, well, then you are actually the one who is, is, is committing the, the, the crime. And, of course, I'm talking about separation of church and state. If you believe in the right to sovereignty by enforcing our borders, you are called a racist and you are called a bigot because you, you don't want people of other colors and other ethnicities who speak other languages to come to this country. When that is the way they divide us, it is very, very hard to overcome that. Uh, our founding fathers gave us a lot of tools to deal with a lot of the challenges we would faith, face, but when our faith and our belief in simple freedoms and liberties are called into question uh, and, and challenged as being bigoted or, or, or racist or uh, otherwise you know, uh, hate-filled, then we have a serious problem on our hands because some Americans are afraid to even express their own faith and their own belief in the simple uh, dignities and liberties, quite frankly, that this great nation provides. Thanks for the call, my friend. I went a little long. Let's catch up and come right back. Final segment coming up. If you want to get on the air, get on hold right now on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. 
1054 final segment of the morning on this third morning of July, which means tomorrow, of course, is Independence Day. We will not have a live show for you tomorrow. Uh, we will have a best of show, and so it's still worth your listen. Believe me when I tell you that. There's going to be some great interviews and commentary segments we've had over the course of the last several months that I really think you will enjoy. So that'll be on the uh, air tomorrow. We'll be back live on Friday's broadcast. By the way, speaking of Americana, and speaking of American greatness, speaking of American prayer, which is what the last caller was talking about as well in our faith, uh, Bill Federer is going to join us on Friday. You're really going to want to be a part of that. At uh, 1035, Bill Federer is going to talk to us about his new book, <clears throat> excuse me, that I think you will absolutely enjoy. It's going to be about, it's going to be all about, uh, American and, uh, in this country's, uh, fantastic devotion to our faith and prayer, uh, as, uh, as, as a vehicle toward our ultimate greatness. And I think you're really going to enjoy that conversation. So that's with Bill Federer coming up on Friday's program. For now, let me get to John in Chardon. John, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Morning, Bob. Uh, I'm, I have a book here that I got. I got it when I was a teenager from one of my grandparents, and it's called uh, the, the History of the American Rev- Revolution, uh, John Adams. And, right. And in it, this woman that wrote it, she chronicles uh, how the fight to win our independence from the from the British and and the battles that we that we started. Once we declared our independence, then we had to. To fight, fight to get it. We had to fight the British. We started with over thirty thousand troops under General Washington, and proceeded to lose a bunch of battles. We we lost lost them all. We didn't win win one. And finally, because of deaths and a large number of uh, desertions, we were down to less than three thousand troops, close to living under British rule. Then something happened. George Washington, against the advice of all his generals. Did a surprise attack by crossing the Delaware River under cover of night, attacking the the uh, Russian or the uh, German uh, professional soldiers that the British had hired, and and either killing or capturing them. And this changed the course of history because it changed our whole attitude. The the deserters came back and 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 we fought, and from that point on. We won all the rest of our battles, Saratoga, and finally down in Virginia, where we threw the British out. So uh, I don't know. Well, I like I the think. history. I no, I re- I really do. I I I appreciate that. I I am also a student of history, and I like hearing stories like that, and I like hearing, uh, you know, people who who really truly appreciate that, and uh, and and I thank you for that. Look, this is why. That whole Kaepernick story made uh, as many headlines as it did, in my opinion. Some, by the way, are calling it a Nike, Nike um, uh, you know, trick or whatever. You know, it's a marketing ploy. They pretend to put out this red, white, and blue shoe, and then they, you know, oh, Kaepernick uh, nixed it, and it makes everybody outraged, and it gets everybody talking about boycotting Nike, and they think that helps Nike sell more shoes. It's free advertising, Nike, 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 Nike. And it gets those who like Ka- Kaepernick to support him and go spend more money. And whether they're doing that or not... Um, I'm still going to respond the way that I do because that flag, that history, 
Some of the history that uh, John just shared with us, the revolutionaries fight for freedom and fight for liberty, not just for themselves, but for obviously all of our descendants to come and our founding fathers. Unbelievable foresight in uh, uh, crafting uh, a, a, a work like the Constitution that would address virtually and the Federalist Papers that would address almost every eventuality that, uh, that, that could be imagined uh, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years from now. All of that deserves all of faith. I mentioned Bill Federer. His book is called Miracles in American History, 32 Amazing Stories of Answered Prayer. Read it. If you get a chance to read it between now and Friday, then listen to the conversation I will have with him Friday at 1035. I think you'll appreciate that. Again, for tomorrow, we have a best of show. I want to wish you a very happy Independence Day. Thank you to all of the patriots who fought for this country and who continue to do so. We'll talk to you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.